Welcome. Welcome to the 46th Annual Oak Bible Reading Chapel service at Nazarene Bible College. 46th Annual. That's getting pretty close to 50. Uh, I've not been here all of those years. Just, just get that straight. All right. The songwriter said, We have gathered in the presence of the Lord where we know that we can never be the same. There's an awesome, gentle stirring of His Spirit as we magnify and praise His holy name. This is God's appointed hour when His resurrection power and His grace to one and all will be outpoured. We have gathered in the presence the mighty living presence of the Lord. And we're drawn this evening into his presence by the reading of his word. Not a finer way to come into his presence. And I know that this chapel is an annual event, and I know it's a tradition at Nazarene Bible College. It's been happening now for all of those years. But I want to say that we want this 46th year to be an encounter with the word. We are a Bible college after all. I put that in caps on my notes here. We are a Bible college. The Holy Scripture is central to all we are and all that we do. This book of books discloses the mind of God. It reveals the condition of mankind. It points out the way of salvation. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, and its judgments are unchangeable. It contains light to direct us, food to sustain us, and comfort to cheer us. It's the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. Christ, the Word made flesh, is its grand subject. Our good is its design, and the glory of God is its end. This book should fill our memory, rule our hearts, and guide our feet. Our prayer, the readers tonight, our prayer for this chapel service is that the reading and the hearing of the word will minister to everyone present in some special way. We don't know how it's going to hit you, but we want everybody here to get a message from the word. Uh, I would like to just quickly say welcome to the Spanish congregation from Springs First Church of the Nazarene. They are here in they gave up their Wednesday activities and came. I think they were maybe pressed by their pastor to be here. But they are here. And we're so glad you came. Uh, let me give you a quick word of instruction before we, before we proceed. The readings on the program come from a variety of translations. So probably the one you have with you might not be the one they have. And, um, and some of them are abridgments and arrangements of scripture. You'll find those to be unusual. And, um, and so I'm 
thinking that you might do better if you just listen, not try to, not try to scrounge around in your Bible and find exactly where they are. Just listen and soak it in. And, uh, and then we will, uh, it's, it's, I know that you'll want to applaud, but I think because of the nature of this service, let's hold, off, hold that off till the end. All right? Uh, let's let each reader read, and then at the end of the service, we'll give you a chance to show your appreciation to them. All right? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for your inspired word, for wonderful words of life given to us that we might know you better and serve you more faithfully. I pray that you will honor the preparation that's been invested in this program and that your word may be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May the power of your spoken word flow through the lips of every reader in this chapel hour so that we will have the unmistakable knowledge that we have been in the presence of God. In your name we pray. Amen. According to Dr. Powers, the main themes of this chapter are suffering and holiness. Here, Peter is correlating that as suffering of believers. Suffering for the sake of Christ works to refine and purify believers. Peter is challenging us to live a life of holiness. Above all, believers are to demonstrate love for one another. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into the inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed to you in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that you, your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even after refined fire, may be proved genuine, and you may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, they searched intently and with greatest care 
trying to find out the circumstances to which the Spirit of God in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have been told of them by those who preached the gospel by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even the angels longed to look into these things. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace given to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives here as strangers in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty ways of life that was handed down to you by your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without spot or defect or blemish. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but to be real to you in these last times. Through him, you believe in God and who raised him from the dead and glorified him so your faith and hope are now in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. we get a pretty strong message about having it all. We even have a cell phone that pays for your purchases if you wave it in front of the register. In the first chapter of James, however, the Bible talks about not lacking anything as a mark of maturity rather than evidence of final, financial success or material things. That level of completion only comes through perseverance. In hard times, holding on to God's wisdom, steadfastness, and provision no matter what the challenge. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you, so that you may be mature and not lacking in anything. If any of you lack wisdom, you should go to God who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, 
because the one who doubts is like a wave upon the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all he does. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the, runs, the, for the sun rises with scorching heat, withers the plant, the blossom falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to all who, who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, for every good and perfect gift comes from the from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. This is the parable commonly called the parable of the sower, or the sower and the soils. It is found in all three of the synoptic gospels. Jesus is the sower. The seed is the word of the kingdom. And the soils are the hearts of various kinds of listeners. There are two parts in any communication, what is said and what is heard. God speaks. And we have the awesome responsibility to listen. Lord Ogilvy calls this the parable of the hearing hearts. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. 
The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of the light of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. May all of us understand the message and appropriate it in our lives. Psalm 139, a prayer of intimacy, entering into the presence of the one who knows all. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path in lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you but the night shines as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous 
are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there is none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Revelations 22 is the end of John's vision for the 12 tribes, or 12 churches of Asia. The chapter speaks of the river of life, where it flows from and through and what is on its banks. There are three main speakers. They are John, an angel, and Jesus. The main theme of this chapter is that in the end, we will all see Jesus. Then he showed me the water of the river of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river stood the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall no, many, no more be any accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. They, and night shall be no more, they will not need the light of a lamp or the sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God who inspired the prophets, has sent his angel to his servant that to show him the things that must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, 
You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brethren, the prophets, and with all who keep the words of the prophecy of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer continue to do evil. Let the filthy continue to be filthy. And let the righteous continue to be right. And let the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense to repay everyone for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the fornicators and the murderers and the adulterers and everyone who practices, who loves and practices falsehood. I, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say come. Let the one who hears say come. Let the one who thirsts come. Let him who desires to take the water of life without promise. I warn anyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to, to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from these words of, of the these words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies of these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with his saints. Amen. On this final reading, you get to participate. All right? You've been sitting there enjoying the word. Now it gets to come out of your mouth. All right? We're going to try something different this time. We're going to include some music in this reading. So all the words will be on the screen. You won't have to worry. So when it says uh, solo, that'll be a solo reader. I'm, I suppose if you read with them, we wouldn't 
be upset, but that's their responsibility. And then when the congregation reads, you will read all those words too. The little song that we're going to insert at three points in this scripture echoes the words of the scripture. And that's why we want to use it. Uh, Lisa will be singing the verses and you will be singing the refrain. But we didn't know if you would know this refrain. So right now we're going to rehearse. We're going to just rehearse that refrain so that we all know it when it's time to sing, okay? Here's how it goes. You've got to help me. And uh, you sing along even if you don't quite know that melody. I think you'll get it pretty quickly. that very hard? Do you think you could do that? You need to rehearse one more time or do you have it? Don't have it? Okay, one more time. Here we go. <laughs> Knowing you, Jesus. The Apostle Paul speaks of himself when he writes, If anyone thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless but whatever was to my gain I now consider loss for the sake of Christ what is more I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I've lost all things to my gain, I now consider loss 
for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I have considered them rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, and it is by faith. Now my heart's desire is to know you more, to be found in to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Oh, to know the power of the risen Lord and to know you And the, and the power, power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus.
It is my joy to present a beautiful certificate of recognition to each of the re readers this evening. I would like to invite all the readers to come forward and stand on the platform to receive this recognition. This reads as follows, Certificate of Recognition. This certificate is hereby awarded to each name in recognition of achievement in public reading of scripture and participation in the Oak Bible Reading Chapel program on the 28th day of January 2015 at Nazarene Bible College, Colorado Springs, Colorado. As I hand the certificates to them, perhaps you would like to thank them for their ministry to you during this chapel hour. Please stand as our president, Dr. Graves, comes to voice our closing prayer and benediction. Dr. Graves. Inside your program tonight, you find uh, words to a hymn that I love. I discovered this hymn after I was no longer pastoring a church. I told my wife, I said, if I ever pastor again, that I will have the congregation sing this hymn before I preach every Sunday. As our benediction, I want to read this hymn. Holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Words of life words of hope. Give us strength. Help us cope. In this world where we roam, ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words, ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Thank you, Father, for giving us your word to guide us, to instruct us, to strengthen us, to help us and to show us the way to you, which is the way home. Thank you for our readers. Thank you for those who have taught them. And may we take the words that we have heard tonight and hide them deep in our hearts. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Go in his peace.